just a great morning to see you and to be live with you this morning. Grab your Bible, grab a notepad. We're going to get into our six points at 6 a.m. this morning. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Dylan Maverick, the host of Get Up With God, the fastest growing podcast on YouTube in America, soon to be the world. Be sure to subscribe on my YouTube channel. If you haven't already, sign up for my newsletter that goes out each morning, Monday through Thursday, and then you'll get a recap of the week and all the points that we went through through the week. It's going to be wonderful for you. Be sure to share this, like the post, tell someone about it, tell someone about the show. It's going to be wonderful. So grab your Bible, grab a notepad. I've got a wonderful show for you this morning. We're going to be talking about faith over fear, faith over fear, six points at 6 a.m. Let's get into this. Let's pray. And then we'll begin our study. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this day, another day that we can rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, you didn't ask us to be glad. You told us to be glad. We choose today, no matter what circumstances we have going on in our life, no matter what the problems look like, no matter what the the forecast of the day looks like, Lord, we thank you that today is a day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we're thankful that you've given us another day to live, to breathe, to have an opportunity just to serve you. And if you never did anything else for us, Lord, what you have done is enough. Making heaven available, making your love available for us, accepting us in the wicked state that we were in. We thank you for that, Lord. Now I ask that today that every person under the sound of my voice would be touched by your word. Faith would be released, the anointing would be released, and, and new levels would come from this morning's study. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, let's get into this. Today, we're talking about faith over fear, six points at 6 a.m. Hope you have your Bible. Hope you have a notepad. Take some notes. Grab a coffee. Sit back. Relax and enjoy the show. Let me do the work you enjoy as we go on. Here, open with me to the book of Psalm, chapter 27, and we're going to start there. Point number one is to wait on the Lord. The Bible says to wait on the Lord, but I want to give you some uh, Hebrew definitions of what this word wait means, Hebrew, to, uh, rather Psalm 27, and let's go to verse 14. Psalm 27, verse 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, in my last point, we're going to go into a verse that I want to show you what waiting looks like in a different sense of what this waiting is. This particular waiting, I'll give you the Greek or that rather the Hebrew definition of it, but the waiting that we think of would probably be the, uh, like the waiting that we saw in maybe the, the story. I'll, I'll read you the story in a little bit of the disciples in the boat where Jesus was sleeping. The disciples were waiting. They were waiting around. They were in fear. They were nervous. That's not the kind of waiting that he's talking about here. The Hebrew word for this is kava, Q-A-V-A, means to collect or to bind together, to collect or to bind together. So the context of that waiting on the Lord is is anticipating with, with activity, not just sitting around, not doing anything, but there's an anticipation or an expectation of something, but there's activity to it. It's not just a simple, you know, looking at the clock, waiting around. No, there's activity involved in it. God's behind something, you know it, and you're going to meet him there, and you're binding your anticipation with your expectation, and there's things that you can do on the move. You know, a lot of fear comes from no movement. Fear, a lot of fear comes from no movement. Most people, the Lord dealt with me this morning as I was was getting ready. This word came to me. You want to write this down. Fear 
observes. Faith takes action. You want to write that down. Fear observes. Faith takes action. There's no action with fear. There's no activity with fear. And so it's a different type of waiting when you're in fear and faith has an action to it. Faith takes actions. The Bible says in James that you will, that your faith actually is completely dead without any action in conjunction with it, in, in alignment with it. So number one is to wait on the Lord with an, with an expectant anticipation of what he can do to help you. And there's action involved in that. Uh, number two, gather up to yourself, gather up to yourself. Turn with me into the book of Romans, gather up to yourself. That's point number two. So there's a new spirit that you've been given uh, before you, I'm turning to Romans. You can turn there too, but think about what this says in, in Psalm again, it says, be of good courage, be of good courage. You remember the cowardly, uh, the cowardly lion from uh, wizard of Oz. He was scared of everything, but it, it, what was the thing he wanted? Uh, he wanted uh, to be brave. He wanted to be the big bad lion. It took courage. Courage is something that's it's placed inside of you. Courage is something, you, you know, there's a lot of courage when, um, when you've seen things happen and you've seen God come through, your courage starts to get built up. You've seen God come through for you before in life. You could be in a, t- a terrible situation, but your courage is at a high level because you've seen God do this before. I have, you know, I've been here before and I've seen God uh, come through in this particular situation. So my courage is rising. My faith is rising. My courage, meaning my ability to, uh, to look it in the face. I'm not scared. I'm not timid. I can look directly in the face of the thing that I'm dealing with and deal with it directly. So Romans chapter eight, let's go to verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So again, there's this, there, there's an attachment to fear, uh, that, like I said, waiting in the sense of sitting around, not doing anything. Fear has a bondage to it. It ties you to, it it ties you to, uh, it paralyzes you, but it ties you to stagnation. It ties you to just sitting around. This is where a lot of stress comes from for people is in fear. There's a bondage you're tied to. In fear, there's a holding period that you're tied to because it uh, doesn't allow you to take the steps and move in the direction towards the thing. So there's no courage in it. It's cowardice. And it allows you to watch and observe without making any move. That's not a good thing. But the Bible says, Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And if indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. We're heirs. We can, we need to gather up to ourselves. We need to receive this spirit of adoption that we've received. This is like the orphan. A spirit of fear is like a spirit of an orphan. You you feel abandoned. You don't have any hope. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. But faith, when you're in faith and confident towards something, this spirit of adoption realizes you. It makes you realize, I have promises. I have something for me. Fear thinks there's nothing around. Fear thinks this is the end. There's nowhere further to go. 
I can't do anything. There's no more hope. And it's not saying that my ability is weak and God's is strong. No, fear paralyzes you. You're not, it's not like you're saying it's impossible to me, but it's possible to God. You just think the whole situation is impossible. There's no way around this. I'm stuck where I'm at. That's not the case when you have the spirit of adoption, when that adoption gets on you, when that, when that, when you realize you've been engrafted into the family, because adoption, though it's true, if you study that word adoption, it's stronger here in the context of what they're talking about than just signing some paperwork and you've been part of a family now. No, you've been grafted into the family. You've been made a part of the family. When you realize that, you don't, what do I have to fear? If I can't do it, I know someone who can. If I if it's not accessible to me, I know someone who can make it accessible. That's who you that's the relationship you have with God. So you have to gather you have to gather up to yourself this spirit of adoption. You've received the spirit of adoption. You have to live with inside of it. Point number 3. Fear enslaves you. Fear enslaves you. It causes you to observe instead of obtain. But faith moves forward. Point number three, fear enslaves you. It causes you to observe instead of obtain. And faith moves forward in things. Faith is, it moves in the right direction. So point number three is fear enslaves you. It stops you. Point number four, fear causes you to give up. Fear causes you to give up, to give way to something. So in other words, if you are in a circumstance or you see things in the way that you see them, fear causes you to give up from what's possible for you or not just possible for you, like what you can do with your own power. That's not what I mean. It means the hope that you have fear makes you let go or, or, or release the faith or let me rephrase that fear makes you release the possibility of the hope that's promised to you. It's a better way to say it. Fear, fear makes you drop what the hope is that you have available for your future. Uh, Revelation 21 and 8. I want to show you something here. Uh, I wrote this down. Do not put a stop. Allow it to continue. Uh, a coward, cowardice, cowardice activity does not uh, allow you to continue. A cowardice activity does not allow you to continue. Uh, let me go to Revelation 21. Go with me there. Revelation 21, I want to see uh, or show you rather what the category, the intense category that this type of spirit when, when not dealt with, not handled. So it's okay. I want to say something. Fear is going to try to get on you. Fear is going to try like um, thinking of a circumstance. We had uh, uh, my, one of my daughter's best friends had a serious uh, accident at the uh, at their cheer gym that they were at and she and she she did a uh, long story short they did she was doing a um, she was doing a, a flip in and she landed and hit her head directly on the edge of a hard surface in in the midst of a flip so it I mean you know it could have hurt her neck it could have the doctors it was a it was a I mean, one of the doctors that saw her, she had a major concussion, but one of the doctors that saw her said, uh, said when I, when he looked at the, the spot that she had been hit on her head and he looked at the, it was either a CAT scan or, or whatever they had done, you know, the procedure they had done to inspect her, her head and her brain to make sure everything was there. He said he got, he immediately had goosebumps and was, 
he, he said it was just, he had chills all, all over his body because of the intensity of the, uh, of the damage that could have happened to her brain that didn't. He said people, a lot of people don't survive this type of thing. And she had a concussion and she had to stay out of school for a little while. What's my point? Fear can cripple you in the midst of these things and it can take over you and it can paralyze you in the midst of this and, and it, it, it grabs a hold of you. And if you don't deal with it immediately, it has the ability to paralyze your, your hope for, you know, and, and, and kind of take you at a moment. And my point in bringing that up is you can feel it in a moment. Like you can feel and see fear coming upon you. And, you know, if that were to have thinking, if it was our daughter or, or if we had to deal with that circumstance, you could see the fear coming at you. But there's a decision period with fear. There's a point where you can deal with it to where you become cowardice or you've allowed there's fear. Fear can be present, but it doesn't have to get in you. It can be present without getting in you. I want to read you the category that the Lord puts when you're cowardice, what category you get placed within. Watch this. This is intense. Revelation 21 verse eight, but the cowardly. Let me go up to six. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the alpha revelation 21, six. He said to me, it is done. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. I will give on of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Verse eight, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, Sorcerers, idolater, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, I don't, I'm not telling you that to bring fear. I want to bring awareness to this, how seriously God takes this, that you, you can't live in fear. You can't abide in fear. Your, your modus operandi can't be uh, to operate and function with the, with a dash, a little dash of fear in your life. It must be dealt with. He says the cowardly and the unbelieving are in the same category as murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters. I didn't make this up. I'm not doing this to get a rouse out of you. God puts this in the same category, coward, cowardice people, unbelieving people, how do you get to that point when you're cowardice? You allow f- situations that possess fear, situations that have the ability to cause fear to not be dealt with. You, you, you allow it to strangle out your ability to move forward. That can't be, that should not be so for the child of God. God puts these in the cat- same category as evildoers. So we have to figure out what do we need to do to get rid of this? I don't want this in my life. I don't want to have fear. I've said this on re- recent podcasts, but the same thing with this pandemic and the the uh, masks. I'm going to tell you something. Wake up. Get to the understanding that life is going in a direction in the, within the country that you live in and the difference between you going with the flow and you going with God's anointing is a decision. That's it. it has nothing to do with the, where the country goes, what circumstances it's in, what people are doing, what people aren't doing. You've got to go with the flow of God, not the flow of the country. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If you don't hit, deal with this thing head on and you start to, uh, you start to bow down just like the, 
rest of the, the country did to King Nebuchadnezzar. If you, if you continue to bow down, God does not value that type of fear because that's what it is. I don't want to, I just don't want to cause any issues. With any, I don't want to cause, no, I want to cause issues. You, you're, you're, you're getting some issues. You're getting some problems. If you try to put some things on me that cause fear, masks are fear based. Vaccinations are fear based. They're not proactive. They're fear based. They're not proactive. It's fear-based based on something that's happening. I'm faith-based. I'm, I'm making a decision to move forward in faith. And I'm not saying all, all, every vaccination on the planet is evil. I'm not, but the, what's happening now in our society is money-driven and fear-driven for control. And you can't subside. You can't get within that vein. This is a setup for the end time of what's happening. And if you can't see that... You just need to make sure you need to be at our end time prophecy conference so you can get some understanding on what's happening because it's not this isn't just happens chance. This isn't just a coincidence that these things happen. No, the devil is working overtime to get to implant fear into people because fear disables. It causes you to be to be uh to, to, to be strangled, to be enslaved and to be tied down. So you can't move. This is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to enslave. And this is the plan that he has for the, these end time things that are going into place so that the government can have more control so that people can be less in control. This is where fear is based. That's what they use this for is fear. It's to enslave. It's to, it's to, to hold you back from the potential of what God said he has for you. And it's not that God's limited. It's that your access to what God has is limited based on your ability to believe. So that fear will hold you back. Number Point number five, faith halts fear. Faith halts fear. Uh, go with me to 1 John chapter 4. A couple pages back, Revelation going backwards. 1 John chapter 4. Not the book of John, but 1 John chapter 4. Go to verse 8. Let's start in seven, start in verse seven, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse eight, he who does not love does not know God for God is love in this. The love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we may live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for uh, our sins. Beloved, is God, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Uh, I'm sorry, 418. That's still, it's a great verse. Thank you, Lord. Uh, verse 18, that was the wrong verse, not eight. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Well, it was still kind of tied together. I guess it would. It's in context of the same chapter. But 418, there is no fear in love. But perfect love or, or matured or reached, a, reached a, a certain level, perfected, perfected love casts out fear. So it's not that um, you, you never fear because you, you love. Love gets rid of fear. Love is an operation of a commitment, of a determination. Love is a commitment. It's more than just a commitment, but that's a form of it is commitment. Love, perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love 
or not reached a mature level, not reached maturity, not aged to the level it should of love if there's fear involved in it. So this perfect love casts out this love and commitment that you have to God, that God has to you. It casts out fear, but, but faith, faith halts fear, love and truth rids wrong love and truth rids the wrong. And sometimes truth is hard to bear. Sometimes the truth is something that's, you know, you don't want to hear it because it hurts a little bit, but that type of thing gets rid of fear and deals with the root of things. I, you know, it, it's easy for me to say what I would prefer, but even though the truth hurts, it's better than having to deal with the the torment and the burden that fear puts on you and the and the you know the uh the paralyzing ability that fear has on you when it strangles you even when you get the truth and it's revealed and things are exposed that's when the true love and the power of God can come in to help you and you're not paralyzed anymore by that fear it does hurt in the beginning because the truth can hurt the truth is a powerful thing because it's not based on anything else or opinions it's based on the evidence of what really is truth can hurt but it it casts out fear that love casts out the fear so that you can go to the to the next level that you need to be in turn with me point number six turn with me into matthew 8 and 23 matthew 8 and 23 matthew chapter 8 and we'll go to 23 Now, when he had gotten into the boat, his disciples followed him and subtly, actually, I want to go to, uh, I want to go to Luke eight. Sorry about that. Let's go to Luke eight. I prefer to read it out of, uh, out of Luke, Luke eight, uh, 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But they said they, but as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. So there was a real situation present and they came to him, awoke him saying, master, master, we're perishing. Then he arose, rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a, and, and there, and they ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands the winds and the water, and they obey him. But I want you to notice there was a real, a a very tangible, real reason to have fear and to be paralyzed in fear, which is what these disciples did. And as I told you before in Psalm 27, waiting on the Lord, that is the act of faith, standing in faith not waiting in terms of standing around, but waiting with a fervent expectation, taking action where action is needed. That is waiting upon the Lord. This type of waiting where you're standing around paralyzed by what the circumstances are is not faith. It's not waiting on the Lord. You're in fear. You're paralyzed by fear. Remember what I told you, faith, uh, 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 fear observes, faith takes action. They're observing the situation. Observing a situation doesn't do anything to get to a better place. It paralyzes you within that. And the disciples here, think about Jesus. He's asleep in one of the worst places of a boat. The worst place to be in a boat is the back of the boat 
when it's windy and wavy, you feel all the movement in the front or the back, the bow or the stern. You feel all of the movement of the boat. And he's in the stern of the boat asleep. And it's, you know, moving around. Why could he sleep? Why didn't he just wake up and deal with it? That's because when you're in faith, it could be torment around you, but you see past those circumstances. He wouldn't have done anything had they not woke him up. He was asleep. And they said, how could you sleep in the midst of these things? Because I wasn't focused on the situation. I was looking past it. Of course, our our most famous scripture that we have, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. We don't war with carnal things. We war with spiritual things. And when your eyes, fear is not in faith. Fear doesn't see to the spiritual realm. Fear, the reason fear paralyzes you is because it keeps you focused on what you can tangibly see. Not just physically see, but it keeps you into your sense realm. What you can hear, feel, taste, smell, see, it keeps you in the sense realm. Fear does. Faith sees beyond what's present and goes into the spiritual realm and deals with things, the root of things, so you can get to the next level and go to the next place that God has for you. But you can't stay in the place you're in watching, observing with your eyes. It's going to, yeah, I'd be afraid too, just observing with my eyes. I've got to peer into the spiritual realm and see what God can do, see what possibilities God has for me, or I'm going to stay stagnant. I can't do that. I've got to look past it and see beyond it. So fear paralyzes you. Point number six, finally, is fear paralyzes you and it causes you to observe what is. It causes you to observe the reality of the situation. And who needs to see the reality? We need to see beyond the reality to what the hope is. We need to deal with the reality, which is what Jesus did. But he didn't need to wake up to do it. He was was moving right through the circumstance, completely asleep, wasn't bothered by it until people with fear bothered him, and then he dealt with it in faith. That's how you deal with stuff. People could bring to you at work situations, circumstances, but as soon as you get involved in it, Faith should be released. Shouldn't You shouldn't add to the problem. You should be part of the solution. You should be part of the answer for this situation. You know, if all you do is you add to the element of fear and anxiety and stress, what good are you? What good? You're not bringing God in. You're a cowardice. You're unbelieving. You bring faith to the situation. They sh- there should be a great calm when you get in the room. Shouldn't be more, it shouldn't be more hectic and chaotic. You should bring a calm in everything that you come in involved in. That's how we become victorious. Be a faith person, not a fear person. This was six points at 6 a.m. Hope this blessed you. Hope you took some notes. As always, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on the notification bell. It lets you know when we go on live or when we post a new video. And be sure to share this post on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, whatever platform you watch, and tell a friend about it. Maybe text them the link to it. It would be great. If you want to support the show, you can do that as well. No pressure. Just what helps get make this set look beautiful, makes everything we do possible. They're streaming all the different things that we do, but I'm thankful for everybody that does support. And as always, be blessed today. I'll see you on the next broadcast. Sign up for my email. Go to dylanmaverick.com. Sign up for the email on the newsletter. You can get this and all the six points at 6 a.m. episodes emailed directly to you with all the points. And then I do a recap for the week as well. And we'll do continually do updates and things like that. So I love you. Be blessed. I'll see you on the next show. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.